everybody, welcome in. Thursday edition of Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Paul Russo, alongside me, Kyle Evans, manning the controls behind the scenes. Nate Sharman, boys, welcome in. Happy Thursday, almost Friday. The weekend is right ahead of us. Yeah, I think the week, again, went so quick. Uh, just a lot of things going on, um, but it's, it's been a good week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all pretty good stuff going on. I'd say a lot of history being made in the big leagues. Um, been a little bit of a rough week for Nate, probably. Well, Except for Monday night, his Bills got to got to win. I'm about to say, you guys have a nice little victory. Uh, Monday night, uh, Cal, good atmosphere, I'm assuming. You did officially go. Oh, yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> probably the loudest I've ever heard it there. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, Nate, a little bit of a rough week for you, right? Yeah, it's a little bit to be expected at this point in the season. <laughs> but... Um, some positives to be made out of that baseball team, I think. Um, sure. The young boys are playing well. So, But like Kyle said, Bills got the victory on Monday. They look dominant. So yeah. all good over here. Yeah. Amherst hockey's coming. That's and true. Nate, Nate's really, they're going to announce really a captain pretty, yeah. pretty soon. Getting me pretty excited for the season coming up. Huh, Kyle? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I know this is a baseball podcast, but can I recommend Alex Tuck for captaincy of the Buffalo Sabres? Paul, sorry to get off track here, but did you see the video of Alex Tuck at the game? I did. He was doing the uh, Buffalo chant, yep. and nobody even knew it was Alex Tuck. Yep. It's just absolutely hysterical to watch. Wait, you know who you, you know who he was there with? Friday Beers. Oh, so, really? Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, let's, uh, let's have it. And we'll start, I think, with the Mets today, since we did the Yankees on Monday. Um, pivotal three-game series with the Brewers. Uh, and they handled business. They took two of three. Um, you know, we, we weren't expecting a sweep, but we kind of figured it would go two of three either way. Could have seen either option, I guess, really becoming a possibility. Um, obviously, the first two games were really the high, true highlights for the Mets. Monday, a 7-2 victory. Max Scherzer picks up the win, 10th on the year, 10-4 record, a 2-1-5 ERA. Lost to Corbin Burns, 10-8, a 3-1-2 ERA for him. Scherzer, six innings, nine strikeouts. That was a perfect game for him um, and got pulled uh, because of pitch count. Uh, I think, um, you know, I mentioned it um, in conversation here in the office. I think a little bit might have, might have had to do with them being a bit gun-shy with what happened with DeGrom maybe a little bit over the weekend um, to, to some degree. I don't know. I feel like I would have at least probably let Max go on at least the seventh inning out there. But uh, either way, I mean, you come out with the victory no matter what. Like We'll have to wait for the first ever combined perfecto in MLB history. Uh, but until until then, we'll digress. Pete Alonso, three-run home run. That happened in the fourth inning. Got the uh, game kind of broken open. Uh, also, uh, stole bag. Polar bear can run every now and then. Sneaky, sneaky stuff. Uh, Francisco Lindor, two over five, a triple RBI and two runs scored. Uh, Tuesday, a little bit more of the same, maybe not quite as much. Seven to five victory. Yuli Rodriguez picked up the win, two and four out of the bullpen. Now four, six, three ERA for him. Taylor Rogers, four and eight, took the loss. Uh, four and eight now, five oh seven ERA. Uh, Sugar Diaz picked up the save, his thirty first on the year. But uh, Rogers possibly became the latest um, MLB meme, I'll call it. Uh, with it uh, because of Francisco Lindor, two for three, home run. Obviously, the go-ahead goal, uh, what was the go-ahead home run, uh, came off the uh, Taylor Rogers pitch in the eighth inning. Uh, home run, walk, four RBIs, two runs scored. P. Alonso, one for four, 
hit another home run. Uh, Mark Hanwell went for three with a walk and run scored. But, yeah, those first two games were really interesting for the Mets. Good to see them kind of bounce back to a degree Tuesday to, to really kind of come through and get what, you know, to me was a pretty convincing victory by the end of it. Uh, obviously, I know I mentioned it with Taylor Rogers. Uh, you're, you were able to meme uh, another team's closer and all their top-end guys, so that's always a uh, good positive across multiple fronts when that happens. Yeah, that was such a huge hit for Lindor, the grand slam. Um, on the same night that uh, the Yankees had a grand slam, as yeah. we'll mention later, I don't remember the last time two New York teams both had a grand slam in the same day, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back-to-back big wins in Milwaukee, a team that's fighting for you know a wild-card spot, and uh, just, just impressive wins back-to-back. Yeah, and then we'll move into Wednesday, obviously. This is where history kind of gets made a little bit for the Mets in all sorts of wrong directions, I guess. Uh, 6 nothing loss, uh, Milwaukee got the win. Trevor Gott picked up the win out of the bullpen. 3-2, and two, a 3-9-2 ERA for him. Tom Walker took the loss. Only Smith on the year 12-5, and five, a 3-5-3 ERA. Francisco Lindor went 1-for-2 with a double, and this is where uh, things kind of get sideways a little bit for all the wrong reasons. Mark Hanna 0-for-1 uh, with two hit-by-pitches. And Luis Guillorme over two with a walk, and what ended up becoming the record-breaking 106 hit by pitch on the year for a Mets batter. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah. So um, a pretty good transition here. We'll jump right into this. Uh, obviously, the Mets 106 hit by pitches in a season. Absolutely incredible. We we talked about it a little bit on Monday, but I, I think it's worth talking about again, maybe a little bit more deeper. Um, Again, last night when Guillaume got hit specifically, and this is one that stands out to me, he just kind of looks over into the dugout. And at this point, Buck, I, I think he's at the beyond the anger portion of, of the grief, stages of grief at this point. Like, he just kind of shrugged, like, in disbelief. Like, he couldn't believe, like, this has now gone to the point where, where it got to, even. Um and it's and again, you know, we mentioned it. it it's tough, right? I mean, I, I, I think you know, none of the big leaguers that I know of anyway are, are gun shy to be up in the box. But um, when when <laughs> when you're pretty much in the box, and you look at Mark Canna, like for example, yesterday with two hit by pitches, it, it's never a settling feeling being up there, especially in today's environment where guys are just throwing 95 to 100 pretty consistently. Yeah, and it's just it's hard to believe. Like, I mean, this is you know, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be trying to hit these guys with, at that point, it wasn't, I think it was only like 3 nothing, 4 nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'd be trying to hit them. No. So it's like not intentional, but it's like, how is it still happening multiple times a game? Right. It's just like, is it just bad luck? I mean, it doesn't seem like all these other teams are getting hit that like two, three times a game like the Mets are. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, part of it, you know, like you said, I, you had 3 nothing ball game, it, it's not intentional. I know... Guillaume's, the, the count that Guillaume got hit, I think it was like 2-2 or 2-1, like something like that. Like, I, it's just, I, again, obviously they're not intentional, but, you know, that being said, it, it's not, it's not ideal by any means. Yeah. Um, also, you know, kind of looking at it this way, too, with the Mets, um, it, it does put, at this point, your pitchers in a spot, and we'll touch on this, obviously, it's our next kind of topic, uh, you know, it puts your pitchers in a, in a tough spot, too, at certain points. I know uh, the unwritten rule aspect of I'm going to plunk your guy because, you know, my guy I plunked earlier, kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. You know, that being said, I, it does still put, I think, your pitchers in a tough spot because um, 
you know, no no pitcher that I know of really wants to exactly go after a guy for the most part. I mean, I know there are some psychos out there that just love doing it. But that being said, I, very few really want you. Like, I, I, you know, I've never really been around a guy, even in my experience, where they they just want to go after a guy's head. Uh, quite the opposite. I mean, they, they kind of just, you know, the way they see it, they'd rather just go right at you and shut you down. Um, so... Uh, you know, I know, I know you were a pitcher, Kyle. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I always say pitchers are kind of different animals in this sense. Uh, you know, but everything I've garnered from you is very much so kind of like what I said. You just assume kind of go out there and just shut them up by striking them out like on three pitches or something like that. Yeah, I don't see the need of hitting somebody. I mean, I'm out there to, you know, try to win a game. I'm not trying to put people on base and this and that. Like, I've just never been been a fan of that, and like a lot of times with the Mets, they're in a situation where if you hit a batter, that puts them in trouble. Right. There's no need to do it. Like, yeah, your guy got hit, but it wasn't intentional. Um, like with the Brewers, those are not intentional. You could tell, and I don't know how Mark Hanna specifically keeps getting hit. I know Pete Alonso's up there too with the hit by pitches, mm-hmm. but Mark Hanna's been hit so much and it's crazy. I don't yeah. know how it keeps happening. Yeah, I know he not not yesterday, but I know within the past few weeks, there's been a couple instances where he's just been. And justifiably so. I mean, upset, and I mean, it, it happens. Like we say, I mean, no, you don't want to go up there and get beaten by any means, whether it's a, you know, hundred mile per hour fastball or sixty five mile per hour knuckle curve. Like it's not, it's not fun by any means. Uh, okay, transition to pitching fully here for a second. Um, the Mets, we we mentioned right, they're starting to get some, you know, guys back. Uh, specifically, the past couple of days, Taylor Magill and Drew Smith come back in the bullpen. I know last night Drew Smith gave up a grand slam. Pinch hit one, too. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like he said, it happens from time to time as a reliever. But I know I'll focus more on that. I want to focus on the fact that you got a couple of your bigger arms throughout the year back in that bullpen now. Um, I know that they lost Tommy Hunter presumably for the rest of the regular season. Uh, but that being said, I kind of feel like, you know, you get Smith back, you get Magel back, kind of, to me, certainly overcomes what you lose with Hunter. But that being said, we mentioned, right, they needed these reinforcements, and they're finally really coming here with, you know, about 10 days left in the season. And who's the other one that uh, is down in AAA right now? Joey LaCasey? Yeah, Joey LaCasey. Yep. Um, I think, wouldn't he be an option possibly, too? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I know they they probably wouldn't use him at all. I don't think he's postseason eligible. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, he's lefty arm, but I know they're worried about his consistency. Yeah, but like you said, a lot of a lot of uh, positive news, like with the pitching uh, situation, especially for the bullpen, that has had some moments where they look like you know they've struggled, and adding those two arms obviously do help that. For sure, and um, you know, and look, there, it's it's a good and bad thing. They haven't had to use Diaz a lot recently. Um, obviously, got the save Tuesday night, but you know you look at it before only really two saves in about two weeks, give or take. Um, and look, I mean, they've had really great years, you know, all things in Serdal, Trevor May, Adam Adovino. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll get to what we'll call the good stuff here. We'll start, obviously, with the big league club. First postseason berth since 2016. Happens on the road, obviously. Uh, and, I mean, for a lot of these guys, I mean, they've been on the Mets since then. Uh, whether they have came in or they were part of that run. And it's certainly a big deal for a lot of these guys at this point. 
especially given the fact that they're still one game up in the division on Atlanta. And, you know, look, all things considered, they, they've been primarily the bright spot of New York baseball, um, at least consistency-wise, through the whole summer. Yeah, not only are they just barely going to get in the playoffs, they're going to be, you know, well over 100 wins, I, I, I think so. I, I would say like 104, maybe. Um, so that's also a cool accomplishment, too, uh, to win that many games in the season. Um, especially with them, they've kind of had some injuries on, on both sides, and they've been able to just get through it. Yeah. So, so uh, and another positive note here for the Mets, uh, minor league baseball kind of wrapping up here, as you know we've been talking about with Rochester and Syracuse. But the single-A affiliate of the Mets, the St. Lucie Mets, uh, able to take and sweep uh, the Dundee Blue Jays for the Florida State League crown. Uh, yesterday, so congratulations to the uh, Baby Mets down in St. Lucie. Always a nice little positive boost uh, throughout the organization when stuff happens. Obviously, you know, Mets train in St. Lucie anyway. That's where the complex is. Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of the guys rehabbing this year did have stops in St. Lucie. You know, we mentioned Joey Lucchese, but you know, I know Degrom had a couple starts down there. Uh, Scherzer, other guys, you know, McCann on the way all had uh, different. Different bus stops in St. Lucie this year, so cool to see the Baby Mets take the uh, Florida State League crown. And the Florida State League is a really competitive league. I, I don't think a lot of people kind of realize that, just how competitive it really is. All right, the Mets off today. It's a travel day for them. And then uh, they get to go out to play the nemesis of the New York Yankees earlier this uh, month, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, three games. Uh, 9.40, uh, first pitch tomorrow night, uh, Friday on SNY. Chris Bassett will get the start for game one, 14-8. A 3-3-2 ERA against two be announced. Uh, one of my favorite players right up there with cash considerations. <laughs> Saturday, 4.07, first pitch on SNY. Jacob DeGrom, 5-2, a 2-3-2 ERA against two be announced. And then on Sunday, on 4.07, first pitch on your local picks affiliate. Max Serzer, 10-4, 2-1-5 ERA against two be announced. So Oakland, no idea what the hell they're doing. Mets have an idea what they're doing. I'm going to go with the sweep in that situation. Yeah, I feel like there's just going to be a game that they don't win, so I'll say two of three. Um, just because you just never know when you go out there and play in that dump of a stadium. Um, <laughs> That's true. Like with the Yankees, you just there's just weird games. Remember that extra inning game out there? and mm -hmm. Somehow, sometimes they're in games. So I just think they grab one. But, yeah, the Mets win the series. Yeah, so speaking of the Yankees, we'll transition right over to them. Two games against Pittsburgh this past week, and two wins. They take the sweep, uh, the baby sweep, whatever you want to call it. We need to come up with something for a two-game sweep. Obviously, three games, right, the broom, traditional sweep. Four games, the mop. I, you know, I don't know. I'm there's got to be something for a two-game sweep. I've never been a fan of the two-game sweep. Like a Swiffer? Can we do that? Could we call a two-game the Swiffer? Sure. What does Nate say? Nate, any, any? I like the Swiffer. Okay. I think we can. I think we can run with that. All right, sweet. We'll Make sure that if anyone ever uses that though on social media or anything, we're, we're crediting Paul Russo though, please. Please, please credit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or um, you know, don't don't sue me, Swiffer. <laughs> uh, so Tuesday was a 9-8 Yankee victory over the Pirates, but quite the journey to get to that point. Uh, Raldis Chapman picks up the win, three and three, a four-four-one ERA for him. Uh, loss will get charged to Will Crow, former national top prospect, 5-10, and 10, a 4-1-5 ERA. Uh, we'll start with Nestor Cortez, I guess, in this line of notable players. No decision, five innings pitch, an earned run, two walks, 
and four strikeouts. Uh, we'll touch more on him here uh, in a second when we discuss Claver Torres once again in greater detail. Um, I don't know. Which, which home run should we start with here? I guess we'll start in actuality with the walk-off grand slam that Giancarlo Stanton hit. Uh, Stanton went one for four, obviously walked, but more importantly, walk-off grand slam in the ninth inning. Huge, yeah. huge scene. Obviously, on the coattails of the other home run that we'll discuss in a, in a moment here, but um, I don't think I've really seen Yankee Stadium that rocking, that pandemonious, and it, it's been a while. It really has been a while. Yeah, and he already had struck out three times in that game. I believe he was 9 for 73 since coming off yeah. the injured list. It was just like a big, I would say, confidence boost. Um, but to be honest, uh, against the Pirates, the way the Pirates are, I mean, I guess it all, it wasn't that surprising that they erased the four-run deficit in the ninth right. inning. Um, any other team, I feel like they don't blow that lead, but uh, the Pirates, yeah, they're, they're a 100-loss team. They're pretty bad. And it's tough, too, because um, uh, obviously Nate, Pirates fan, but, you know, I went and saw, I've seen Pittsburgh in person twice this year. Um, their, their closer, David Bendar, who was an all-star, is hurt. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a, a, that's a situation that, yeah, I mean, I, you, I, he's probably, if, if you don't put him in even before the judge home run, I, you probably put him in when it's, you know, nine to, or uh, eight to five, rather, at that point. Will Crow was uh, solid in the beginning of the year. He's yeah. had some struggles, though, this past second half of the season. Yeah, he, he, he really got the game pretty good. I remember yeah. I, I had him in fantasy, and uh, obviously, you know, not to get too far down that rabbit hole, I... I I, I guess I don't I don't know for sure, but even seeing him in person compared to like this past series, obviously like Tuesday night, I don't think he's necessarily tipping his pitches, but he's his delivery is slightly off from where it was at the start of the year. Um, that's a different uh, conversation. For yeah, podcast. I mean that's a completely different thing. That's coach <laughs> that's Coach Paul coming out. I apologize, people, but that could be a good segment. Yes. <laughs> But um, I still give him credit, though. I mean, yeah. you still have to, you know, get in that right. situation. And right. I think Judge's home run did spark it um, because I think the energy going in that ninth inning was, even though Judge was leading off, the fans were happy and yeah. stuff. But I think the energy wasn't really there, especially and, in the dugout. And credit to uh, to Stan. I mean, you mentioned right, three strikeouts before, um, struggling, but he's never been a guy to kind of shy away from acknowledging that. <laughs> When he sucks, he sucks <laughs> type stuff. Yeah, he's, and, it's totally different than what yeah. Joey Gallo was. Yeah. Uh, but obviously what, what truly is the main headline of, of that game is Aaron Judge, one for four with the walk. But the home run in the ninth inning to get the rally going, the 60th home run of the season for Aaron Judge. Um, first 60 home run season since 2001. Uh, becomes the first, I believe, AL player to do it since Maris. Uh, this is this is big. I, the, he is on pace for, for 65, technically. That being said, uh, there's a lot of pressure still on him. I know he, <laughs> he had a great, great at-bats last night, and uh, although we don't talk about it, I mean, he had two doubles last night. He's clearly still getting around on the ball. But um, to get to 60 at least, that probably does take at least some weight off of his shoulders on it. I know he's done a really great job kind of just dealing with the pressure and dealing with it, the the, the added weight of the situation. Yeah, all season two yeah, he's been doing but, it. But um, I think you could tell a little bit, at least yesterday, it was a little bit maybe a little bit more loose 
all things considered, and uh, that's a positive. But, yeah, I mean, that, that you look at Monday night, or Tuesday night, rather, uh, the 60th home run, obviously historical, but uh, just big all around for the Yankees within that moment as well. Another big thing, as we mentioned last uh, show, Triple Crown is very much in play. He is leading the Triple Crown race right now. Up. Oh. And uh, Bogarts and uh, Luis, uh, how do I say his name? Uh, Arias. Arias. Yeah, yeah um, I think it's going to be kind of a battle till the end. Those both are great hitters, and we'll see if Judge can come out on top. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch the last couple weeks here. Yeah. And obviously you play to your situation, but I know uh, Arias is, is dealing with injury. I think it's kind of affected him a little bit. Obviously the Twins too, just yeah, I believe skins the way they have is incredible. But I believe he went 0 for 5 yeah. yesterday. Which is completely unheard of for him. You look at the stuff he's done all year, I, I, it's nuts. It might come down to Bogarts and Judge, honestly. Yeah. Bogarts was 2 for 4 just like Judge was. And obviously we'll see that more on this, obviously, in a few minutes. But you know we'll see plenty of it over the weekend. I didn't even think about that. Tonight. That's cool, too, yeah. that they're both going to be fighting in the same yeah. series. So we'll move to last night's game, a 14-2 to 2 victory. Luis Severino picked up the win, six and three, a three-three-six ERA for him now. Renesi Contreras took the loss, five and five, three-six-eight ERA. Severino five innings, two hits, an earned run, and six strikeouts. Uh, as well, Cabrera continues his pretty good offensive start, being a pro-level Yankee player. Two for four, home run, a double, five RBIs, and two runs scored. Uh, but really, the man of the hour yesterday ended up being Claver Torres once again, three for four. Two home runs, a walk, five RBIs, four runs scored, but becomes the fifth Yankee all-time to homer twice in one inning uh, when the Yankees bat around. Only the Pirates give that up. Well, possibly, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think I want to say mostly we were talking here for, for in a couple minutes, but um, just what a tremendous job he has done really here in the past week or so. Just really, to be fair, outside of maybe Aaron Judge being probably, you know, the most consistent bat within the meat of that order. Yeah, um, I think that's not talked about a lot because of what Judge is doing. Um, but I think first half Glaber's back. I, if you remember in May right. or late May, we were talking, can Glaber be, get in the All-Star game? Right. Like he was actually playing really well. And I don't know what changed, but he was horrible in August. Mm. And now he's finally turning the corner. And the best thing is October's right around the corner. It's a perfect time to get yeah, out. This is, this is when you want to be. This is when you want to be. Obviously, Severino, too, first start since coming back off the I.L., uh, just a really good job, good start, good quality start, man. Looked really good. Um, and, you know, to, we'll kind of get this all now wrapped into one thing here, right? Uh, or not Judge, but Torres. I want to also shout, you know, Nestor Cortez here with Torres because, you know, these were two dudes who, uh, you know, like we mentioned, like, you know, you just mentioned, Kyle, right? And, and May through June, right? I mean, these two were, you know, the guys kind of really with Judge and Stan at certain points, or just with Judge at certain points, kind of doing a lot of the a lot of the work and carrying a lot of the load. Um, both kind of hit different stretches at different times where they struggled, but you know, you look at Cortez, you know, Tuesday night got no decision, but another just quality Cortez start. He's getting hot again at the right time, and obviously Torres. I mean, these are two guys who. You know, really the Yankees, they leaned on at the beginning of the year, and I think they're going to lean on now, and I, I think that's a good thing because I think they both really thrive within these situations. I never thought I, I would say this, but I legit think Nestor Cortez is the number two starter in a postseason series. Yeah. Like, he's been that good. Um, I don't think we really thought he would be this good at the beginning of the year. Um, oh, no, no. But, yeah, it's it's insane what Cortez is doing, mm. and I'm excited to see him in a playoff game. It'll be his first career playoff yeah. game. 
Um, so yeah, I can't wait for October. Uh, let's also discuss quickly, Harrison Bader made his debut Tuesday, and it ended up being a nice little bit of fresh, fresh air <laughs> for Yankee fans. Uh, just kind of seeing what he was able to do, maybe not so much in the field, but... And how much he pissed Aaron Hicks off. Well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> in the lineup, uh, you know, the play that sticks out to me, right? It gets the RBI single, um, ends up getting to second base, and just completely reads the ball well on a, uh, what was a solid attempt by Brian Reynolds to slide and try and get the ball, but read it perfectly. You knew uh, that was going to hit the ground, just read it like a book, and I don't even know if any of the Yankee base runners this year, and this isn't a knock on them, but I don't know if any of the guys in the lineup this year would be able to do what Bader did on, on that play in particular. Yeah, and it hasn't looked like he's missed two months right. with the way he played the uh, last two nights. Um, it's, it's fun to watch. I'm glad he's starting in the outfield over Aaron Hicks, mm -hmm. and hopefully he continues that. And wearing number 22. <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury. Well, I was thinking Cano, but yeah, uh -oh. for whatever reason. Pre, I guess pre-Clevin's coming back, but... Uh, for the third time. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess a bit of trivia here before we jump into looking ahead for the Yankees for the weekend. Aaron Judge leads all but one offensive category. Can either you, Kyle, or you, Nate, without either of you looking it up, I can't tell what Nate, I can't tell Nate what you would look up, but I do have eyes at least on Kyle's screen. Steals. Okay, it is Steals. And Cedric Mullins, I believe. Well, I was, I'm talking about for the Yankees specifically, though. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought we were talking American League, because uh, he does trail in that one stat. Yes. Um, so, so, wait, so it's not? It is stolen bases. Okay. I, will, I will credit you, Kyle, for the stolen base. Okay. So who is the Yankee leading stolen base? Oh. Do, do, do. That's a good question. I'm, I know I'm going to sound like I, I, I can I see, think. like, the smoke coming from Nate's head and thought right now. I can't think right now, but I know who has stolen quite a few bases, but I don't think he would lead that team. Okay. Glaber, yeah. Glaber Torres has okay. stolen a lot of bases. Okay. Nate, you have a guess over there? Any any thought? Timmy Castro. Okay. Dude, would you guys like to lock in those guesses? <laughs> I, I have no clue, so I just guess my Nate, favorite Nate's locking in Tim LaCastro. I'm on the spot right now, so I'm not thinking deeply, mm -hmm. but... I'll, I'll stick with it, but I, I don't think it's probably right. I, there's probably a guy that I'm like, oh, I should have said. Okay. So you're sticking with Glaber? The team leader in stolen bases with 20 stolen bags right now? Yeah, it's not Glaber. Isaiah Connor Falefa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, I. That's. Wow. Yeah. 20? 20. Jeez. How about that? All right, the Yankees. Moving ahead to the weekend, four games in the Bronx starting tonight against the Boston Red Sox. Um, for the sake of us, for the sake of this podcast, I hope Aaron Judge gets 61 tonight, maybe even 62 tonight. If not, this thing better hold till Saturday. <laughs> I kind of hope it holds till Saturday altogether. Yeah. Oh, really? I... Are you telling us something that we don't know? I, Are you going to the game? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just I want to hear Michael Can the call for both. All right, fair enough. So tonight, 7-15 on Fox, Michael Waka, 11-1 on the year, 2-6-1 ERA against Jamison Tyone, 13-5, a 4-0-4 ERA. Friday night, 7-0-5 first pitch at Smart on Apple TV Plus, Rich Hill, 7-7, seven seven, a 4, excuse me, 7-0 ERA against Garrett Cole, 12-7, a 3-4-1. Saturday on Yes, 105 first pitch, Nick Pavetta, Goes for Boston, 10 and 11, a 4-3-5 ERA. 
He'll go against Domingo Herman, 3-1-2 RA uh, and 2-3 and record. Sunday, 7-0-8 on ESPN, Brian Bayo gets to start for Boston. Six losses on the year, two wins, 4-7-5 ERA against Nestor Cortez. 10-4 at 2-6-1 ERA. Ideally, because I hate them, I'd love a sweep, but I know it's just not possible because it's the Red Sox. But I do think the Yankees take 3-4. of four. I'm going 3-4 of four against Boston. I'm just going to go and say a sweep. All right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I think that it's just always tough. But about the Apple TV Plus game, a lot of talk about that. Um, Have at it. The floor, the floor is yours. Obviously, I hate Apple TV Plus, regardless of that Aaron Judge is chasing history. But I mean, fans saying that they should move the game. I mean, let's be real. It's been all year about money. They're not gonna move the game off Apple TV Plus. But that's why I hope Saturday is the day the home runs happen, the two, mm-hmm. or at least. Um, only hit one, I guess, in the next two games. Um, just because, I don't know, I don't. I want to hear Michael Kay on the call. I feel like it wouldn't be the same. The hype, the excitement, the, the history, I don't think it would be the same without Michael Kay. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I agree. I think it depends. Like, I don't know who's calling the game tonight. I don't know who's on the Fox broadcast. I'll look that up quick. Um, I mean, what, it Joe Davis? It might be. It's probably Smoltz probably on, um, doing color, but I don't know. I haven't heard who's on the call, mm-hmm. and I don't know who's doing the Apple TV game either. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't think the one I clicked on is right, but... Yeah, just got Fox. I would say Miss Fox right now. I'm sure Awful announcing or somebody has it, but uh, either way. Uh, good news for the Yankees. The Rays and Blue Jays have been playing each other, and we were able to gain another whole game at least over everybody else in the division. Toronto still in second, six and a half back. The Rays fall to eight and a half back in third. Uh, always helps getting just a little bit more breathing room there um, as well. So plus, plus all the way around so far, I'd say for the week. Yeah. All right, before we get out here, touch on the Red Wings and S-Mets. Both teams, one and one so far, week-long series on the road. Uh, Rochester is in Buffalo. It's not too, too far of a journey for them. Uh, Loss on Tuesday, two to three, but big win yesterday, seven and three, or seven, two, three, rather. Syracuse uh, lost two two to three on Tuesday night. Uh, Rain got in the way in Wooster. Uh, but did take a 5-0 win yesterday. Uh, again, for Syracuse, really been the Francisco Alvarez show. Uh, led the way yesterday. Uh, he has been really just on fire. Uh, certainly would expect to see him more than likely. Uh, you know, I think a lot of Mets fans probably hope that by the end of the year he'd be up there. But uh, certainly would expect to see him in Queens next year and not Syracuse. But... Uh, look, this is a guy who's been, you know, that go-to guy since June, really. You see a nice diamond play there uh, in the outfield. I believe that's, uh, is that Mangum? No, he's righty. So, uh, but either way, uh, just the S-Mets uh, really playing some good ball against top-quality opponents. Same with Rochester here the past couple weeks, all things considered. Yeah, and just seven games to go. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams uh, finish. Basically, it's a week off, seven games. Um, I think both teams do have home stands yep. for three next yep. week. 
So that'll be cool. Each team will be home for the final three games. Um, if you haven't been in the park, obviously it'd be a great time to go one last time. Um, but yeah, at AAA season is basically about over. And it's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because it's also exciting. I mean, this is the deepest we've had a AAA season in our lifetimes. Um, usually for us, I mean, they would wrap up about Labor Day and, you know, yep. that'd be about it. But the fact we got sep September baseball close by is always always nice and appreciated. We get one more game in before uh, the snow starts to fall. So, all right, that will do it for today's edition of Concrete Jungle. Appreciate everybody tuning in. You can catch us live here on YouTube or catch up anytime uh, on the same spot, YouTube. Listen live and watch via Anchor and Spotify or also a couple of our major podcasting platforms. So any big plans over the weekend for you guys or laying low? Um, I, I would love to go to Yankee Stadium, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's probably not possible. Right. Um, no, nothing really big, just watching sports on TV. No, nice. Nate, big uh, big weekend for you over at the uh, golf course. I know that, so good luck with the uh, with the championship over the weekend. I know uh, you you're are you officially a WD on the weekend or? Um, well, I was never in, I was never enrolled. You're such so, a liar. Um, my name's, a liar my name's not on the tee sheet, so <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'll be around for the weekend though. Uh, best of luck to our uh, vice president of content here, Josh Durr. So he's won the last four at Silver Creek Golf Course. He's looking for his fifth in a row, you say sixth total. So you could we'll say see. he's trying to be like the Yankees. And he played well last night when we were playing he last did. night in the back nine. So much see if Josh can take home another title. Much better than you and much, much, much better than I. So. Yeah, well, it's not a contest, right, Paul? Well, you play to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy, have some fun, and go sports teams for us.